Hey, welcome to Ter Terrific Tuesday and Wolf's Watch. Jeff Wolf, glad you're joining us. I wanted to follow up on something that, that I had teased and talked about during our uh, conversation last week. Let me adjust that camera a little bit there. If you're wondering what this is, got the microphone in the frame here. Um, I had made a comment, and a few people asked me about this, on about... Uh, Six Sigma and the Lean Six Sigma black belts and green belts. Now, these folks may be doing your business a lot of harm. It may be destroying your business because they're very expensive to have on the payroll. They're very expensive to hire as consultants. And a lot of them don't know what the hell they're doing. But here's what happened. <clears throat> Let me back up a few steps because I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear from people. I, I hear a lot whenever I raise this subject. I, I hear from certified black belts and certified green belts on this. And you know what? For a lot of you that have those certs, if you have that cert, I hope you have a legitimate one. You may have been completely duped into thinking that just getting the certificate was something that would help your career. And it probably will short term. You also may have done yourself a disservice by getting one of the fast certs that yeah, a couple hours of study, quick follow-up quiz, boom, you got your cert from some online organization. So bear with me. This isn't a comment on you if you have a black belt or green belt certification. This is a comment on a lot of the organizations that are out there pushing out certs. They're just certification mills and they are not offering you anything if, as, as an entrepreneur. If you're a business owner, they're not offering your business anything but a bunch of headaches and wasted money. Here's why. Here's why. <clears throat> the whole Six Sigma, Lean Six Sigma initiative is about getting transformation, transformative results in your business. It is about data-driven analytical management techniques and problem solving that will take you to a whole new level of performance and will put your company on a continual learning path on a continual improvement path. So think about this. If you are 100 yards away from a wall, if you take a, a one step forward every day throughout the year, how long will it take you to get to that wall? Another way to look at this and what I used to teach when I was doing courses on this topic was if you close half that distance, so say the first day you go 50 yards, next day you close half of that, which is 25 yards. Next day you close half of that. So you keep doing that. As time goes by, that distance gets smaller and smaller, but you're still making improvements. So two things happen. In the first case, you know, in the first case, you're constantly building up, you know, you're constantly moving towards your goal, constantly moving towards becoming a radically different, radically better performing organization. Small steps, easier to implement easier for your teams to swallow. And it's consistent, that kind of consistent improvement. So tortoise in the hare scenario, it outpaces your competition. What also happens in the real world is you, you get momentum from that and other things come from that learning that then create spurts of cutting the distance in half. When you're cutting it in half, the second example, as you get closer and closer to the wall, it's tougher and tougher to implement the changes. So here's some of the things that we saw in the early days of implementing these, these types of programs. And then I'll come back to the certification. So I'm talking late 80s, early 90s, before Black Belt certification was a big thing. I was on Jack Ravel's team at Hughes Aircraft. He collaborated with the two gentlemen that actually coined the phrase 
in the process for the black belt certification over Motorola. So there, there were about three, four companies in the eighties that, that were collaborating, trading ideas and, and, you know, having some friendly competition with each other. Jack Ravel went on to implement uh, the Six Sigma process in the construction industry. Very, very transformative results. Look him up. I was proud to be part of his team. But here's what we found. You know, we, we could make initially huge gains. Uh, the case study they used is the basis for my first book. Uh, we actually got 40% productivity improvement in 30 days when we were in, in implementation mode on, on the company's largest production line and then went out throughout the rest of the company over, over a period of many months. So is that type of fast, rapid change is possible early, then it gets harder to find more productivity. This is, there's a lot of issues around that, but it's just a, it's coming back to the 100 yards, moving 50 yards, then moving 25 yards is what happens. You know, you get into subtle tweaks and how to make the process work better. The philosophy that's implemented around that is hugely important. One of my favorite case studies is from the 1980s in robotics in the automotive industry. Toyota and General Motors both instituted high-tech solutions into their factories. General Motors automated with the intent of eliminating the, the workforce. So it'd be all robotic as much as possible. Toyota took the philosophy of how do we enable people to do what they're good at, things that require human thought, human interaction, and create robotic technologies that support that rather than replace that. Two very different philosophies. And in the marketplace today, you can see who won. Over the long run, Toyota became the biggest car manufacturer in the world. GM has continually stumbled, continually had to go to the government for multi-billion dollar bailouts, your money at work. They should give you a car. Um, <clears throat> and part of what, what GM ran into was they spent over a billion dollars on their test factory and it ended up being a useless factory. It was a complete waste of money because they could not respond to changes in the marketplace fast enough, right? Models change every three to five years. It took so long to reprogram the, the uh, it took so much labor to reprogram the robots that they'd spend a billion dollars on that it wasn't cost effective to change over the models every three to five years. Well, who wants a 10 year old car when you can go down the street to a competitor and buy the latest, greatest design with the newest technology. So, you know, feel free to comment on that. I'm sure I'll get hate mail. That's good. Just please bring the hate. I know who to block then that, that clears the way for new productive relationships. Appreciate you. Uh, <clears throat> so coming back to, to the, the Six Sigma thing, when the original Six Sigma certification, the black belt certification process was laid out, it was about demonstrating, I mean, demonstrating mastery. And hey, Forbes, thank you for joining us. So appreciate you being here for the Forbes Riley. How awesome is that? Yes. And, and so it, it's about mastery. You know, Black Belt followed Black Belt in martial arts, as Forbes knows. She's a, a very accomplished martial artist, along with so many other things that she has applied the concept of mastery to in her life. So in the, in the Black Belt certification process, there's over 138 different tools, if you will, analytical tools to use. So it was about learning those, which one was appropriate to use when and to master that body of knowledge, then to demonstrate mastery through running at least two projects. And we're talking big projects. You know, the projects I ran in early days were, uh, uh, we had some projects at Hughes, but the really big ones were I, I did the entire, created the entire Six Sigma 
process and system and installed it for one of Codex subsidiaries that was on the team that uh, about a half a dozen of us that wrote the 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 first Six Sigma process for the C-17 aircraft uh, program. And then when uh, Boeing bought McDonnell Douglas, I'm sorry, when they merged, uh, Boeing brought in their own process. We had collaborated with our counterparts at Boeing at that time, and we knew they had a they had a much stronger, much more mature process that they put in place, and they took it to uh, to an even higher level of productivity and business results. They had to have those level of projects where he demonstrated the ability to pick the right tools and get results. And all this work had to be reviewed by a master black belt, and then you had to go through. It was like it was like getting a PhD. You had to go through a practical or through a verbal with the uh, a verbal uh, interview and verbal test with the master black belt in order to earn your Six Sigma black belt. Well, today you can go online and for like 40 bucks in a couple of hours of reading, take a quiz, boom, you get, you know, you can get a black belt. As you're watching this, if you have your black belt, I hope that's not how you got it because you've been done a huge disservice. Somebody has told you they're putting a powerful tool in your hands when they're not. They didn't even scratch the surface of what you need to know to be effective at it. Here's an example. A colleague of mine was uh, doing some work for, for a large corporation and they had, uh, <clears throat> had a printer that was on a different floor. And nobody used that printer except for my colleague and two other people that were co-located in the same office. They wanted to move the printer to outside their office because they were the only ones that used it. It's a network connection. So all you need to do is unplug it, roll it down, you know, put it on a freight elevator, roll it down the hall, plug it in, have uh, have IT do all the right things they need to do to make sure that, that it's hooked up to the right address. And Bob's your uncle. You've got a printer. Well, the problem became that the black belt that was responsible for that department said, oh, no, 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 no. We need to do an entire Six Sigma project on this. Now, Six Sigma project will typically take you about six months and at least $100,000 in expenses to run properly. Let that sink in. Six months, $100,000 to move a printer because you have three people that have to walk down a hall, get on an elevator, go up a floor, walk down the hall, get their, get their paper that they just printed off of the printer, walk back to the elevator, back down one floor, walk back down the hall to get back to the office every time they need to print. So what's your labor cost in that? What's your productivity cost in having somebody do that, right? You're losing days every year, weeks every year times three. So that's probably at least the, equi the equivalent of one person for an entire week, more likely a month or more of lost productivity. That's what the black belt should have been. That's the type of analysis the black belt should have done. But after saying, oh, no, this needs to be a whole black belt project, it was quickly determined by, by the black belt that, you know what, it, it's clear that the cost savings won't be worth doing the project. Therefore, we're not going to do it, not going to do the project, which meant the printer couldn't be moved. That is insane. And that is completely against everything that the entire Six Sigma process was designed for. Davidian, how are you, my friend? Thank you for joining us. I'm glad you're part of the conversation. Good to see you. And it's just insane, right? It's a bureaucracy wins. It becomes about stickers, certifications, stickers, credentials make me nuts. Here's why the credential, the black belt certification, neither guarantees competence in the process nor getting results for your business. So if you're not a certified black belt, not a certified green belt, 
And here's what happened. These became standards. Everybody wants to have gr at least green belts to understand what the analytical thinking, you know, how to approach their job, their business decisions from an analytical perspective that's been lost in the certification process. Now it's about the sticker. Oh, look, I got the sticker. I had somebody tell me I couldn't do a project because I didn't have the right certification and they brought someone in to do it. I had a brief conversation with this person because what they were about to do was part of a very large project that I was running. So I went back to the person hired and I said, look, I don't know where you found this person, but they don't know what they're doing. And I gave him a list of reasons why. Well, that was the worst thing I could have possibly said. That made me evil on so many levels. <clears throat> and um, I, I got, there's a lot of finger pointing and name calling that resulted from that. It's just like, look, I'm just letting you know. And they found out five months later that that person, after that person had cost them tens of thousands of dollars by not knowing what they're doing, wasting time, not getting the problems solved that that person was brought in to solve by delaying the project, the larger project that it was, that I was running, that it was part of. and also, um, proving to be, you know, just dug their heels and they were hostile. They wouldn't accept any accountability. This person had faked all their credentials. So that, um, uh, it was unfortunate. You know, it was unfortunate. It didn't need to happen. And it affected a lot of people. Just think about this. If, if you haven't experienced anything that I've talked about, here's something I'll bet you have experienced. You've worked with somebody that didn't know what the heck they were doing. They had attitude coming out of their ears like they walked on water and made your life miserable and everybody around you because you had to pick up the slack for that person. You had to put up with that person's crappy attitude. And you had to take a lot of false blame and punishment for stuff that the other person cost, right? You've seen that. You've probably worked with someone on a team somewhere that's been like that. Well, that was what this person created. You see that happen a lot. People get these certifications and they think they know and they are clueless because they've never done the hard work the hard study, the mastery, right? Mastery is a continual thing. And that's another problem with the whole black belt certification process. You know, we talked about this when I was advising National Institutes of Standards and, and Technology in Washington, D.C. We had a long conversation about this is how do we avoid the trap when certifying? And that was in the, in the, in the area of lean, lean enterprise before lean and six sigma were merged. It, how do we create a certification program that is living, that continues to follow the concept of mastery. Because it's not about study, take the test, you're done, you got the cert, whoop, oh, that's it, all done with that, and I don't need to improve. No, it's about mastery. It's like, what is that path forward, and how is it built into the, into the credentialing system that forces people to continually learn, not just refresher courses, but to show continual improvement, continual increase in mastery of the topic. I'm watching the clock here because I want to keep this brief for you. And I wanted to address this because people have been asking about it. So it's, you know, in terms of the mastery, it's like they got to know what tools to pick, what are the right tools given the situation. If it's moving a printer, that should be two days at most. It's pretty quick. You know, what, what are the economics of it? What's it going to cost to have IT do what they need to do to disconnect and reconnect uh, after the printer's moved? How much is the labor for moving the printer? What's it costing us? In, what's our, our, uh, our productivity cost? In terms of having these people spending all this time walking back and forth, because a lot of times there's hidden motion, especially large organizations, right? When when we were analyzing big industrial companies, you know, someplace where you're building an aircraft, and it takes C-17, for example, that is a that is built in a massively big building. Think about this. Have you ever seen a DC-10? Right, they're smaller than a 747, still a really huge plane. 
we worked in a manufacturing building where one side of the building was big enough to have four DC tens in line, right? One after one after the other, tail to tail. So think about how big that is. So there's people moving around a lot. So if the flow of work and where things were located in that scenario was clear, right? With people on bicycles that were doing certain tasks because it was so far back and forth, we knew they were going to be going back and forth across the plant. So they're, you know, they had bicycles or tricycles for safety to go back and forth across the plant in a timely manner and to not wear them out, right? With people that are walking miles during the day, you want to pay somebody in your business to do that? That happens on a smaller basis. If you have a small company that's in something that's, you know, the size of a two-bedroom apartment in terms of square footage, how much wasted space, how much wasted time is there in moving around to different places and have to go outside for something and come back and do things that mess up the day? It can be significant, but that's what the black belts need to do. They need or need to know is how to anal how to make an assessment of the the operation at hand and select the right tools to be able to get results. And the results shouldn't be, oh, we made a four or 5% improvement. We were always in the hunt for 30, 40, 50%. Now, really big companies, for a lot of reasons, you know, they were really happy with 5%. We could do that all day long. It was easy. It's actually boring. Uh, working working with fast, that's why I work with entrepreneurs. Smaller companies moving faster so we can go get, hey, it's like, you want to improve 30, improve your productivity 30%? Call me up. We're going to get it done in 30 days. Uh, planning might take a little bit longer, but think about that. If you could do it, say it took six months. If you could, if you could increase your company's productivity 25% in six months, what value would that be to you? So think about that. So something else is just to know what tools to select, what's the fastest path to getting the results and you know, how to do the data, how to, how to collect data and analyze it, which is a whole area of mastery on its own. And they have to have done you know, practicals. They have to have run at least two projects and can show the documentation on that and withstand a verbal review of it because that was the original process. If they don't, be very, very careful because you're likely paying for an expensive employer or an expensive consultant that's going to get you really small results that are going to be even smaller than they could have been because the cost of having them on your team is so big. Just So that's a, that's a hot button for me. These folks that are, are being certified by the certification mills are being done a huge disservice because they think they know something and that they have a skill that they don't. You harm your business when you hire them, either directly on payroll or as a consultant, because they don't know what they're doing. It's going to be a big waste of time and money. And in fact, they can do way more damage. So be very careful, vet them very carefully, right? You need to have a high bar with people coming onto your team, whether it's a consultant, whether it's an employee, it's a lot easier. You know, they need to have the right mindset. They need to match your values and then start looking at, okay, what, you know, do, do they really comprehend what they're doing? And do they have a track record of having done it before? Don't let them test at your organization. Food for thought on that. That was was uh, last week when I was talking about watch out for the black belts. They will ruin your business. It is the people that have been done that huge disservice where they're given a cert that's just a sticker. It doesn't have any real value in the real world other than on paper when they're online looking for a job. And they go, oh, yeah, I'm a certified black belt. So that gives them a 10, 15, 20% pay bump. And there's a whole nother topic around that about how knowledge becomes less value when it becomes commoditized. That's what's happened to the black belts and green belts in, in Six Sigma and Lean Six Sigma. They've become commoditized. 
So they really have very little value. You know, it doesn't provide more value as someone on your team. It just is a way for people to get in the door because they can show that as a differentiator between them and perhaps someone else is competing for the job. So be very careful with that. Most of the time, you don't really need a black belt anyway. If you get somebody that's good analytically, good systems thinker, you can get them, you know, they can probably get done what you need done. So that's a whole topic for another time. I appreciate you hanging in there for this conversation. Thank you for the questions that I got. You know who you were that put this on the board for today's conversation. I had planned on talking about something else, but didn't want to, didn't want to drag this out. So watch out for the, watch out for the people with stickers. And it's not just black belts, not just the lean six Sigma certification process you need to watch out for. Just watch out for people with stickers in general. We have a problem where credentials have become more important than actually than actual ability. Credentials have been misperceived to indicate that, oh, this person has this credential. Therefore, that means they're competent in this topic and that they can get these results. Not the case. Most of the time, not even true. You know, most of the time it works against them. It's like, uh, like college degrees and wealth building. There's a negative correlation between level of education and building wealth. That's a whole nother topic. It's economics. Go check that out. Do some research. You know, you'll find some surprises there. But beware people that want to that want to wave their certifications, their stickers, their entitlements around. And go, oh, I've got these stickers. Therefore, it's like mm -mm. in business, you're an entrepreneur. You know, in business, show me the results. Show me the value. If they can create business value, hallelujah. If they can do it without the sticker, is the sticker really that important? See you on next Wolf's Watch.